Amen. All right. Hey, as you're sitting down, if you need a Bible, anybody in here need a Bible tonight? We've got spares if you need one. Okay. Um, I think there's some. Are they on that table back there? There's a couple on that table back there. Mr. Corey can help you out. You got two. If not, hey, there's some in the backs of some of these seats. You can find them there too. Tonight, we're going to be, what are we talking about tonight? I'm just waiting to find out what everybody else is talking about tonight. (laughs) What are we talking about tonight? Little things are big. That's right. We've been walking through. Does anybody know how many weeks we've been talking about this? Wait, who said six? Yes. We've looked at this for six weeks now. This is actually week seven, and this is the last night that we're going to be in this. And as as we've walked through this series, we've been looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Does anybody remember what that chapter, what the nickname is? The Faith Hall of Fame. That's absolutely right. And as we've walked through that chapter, we've encountered some people from the Old Testament, people like Noah and, and Moses and Abraham. And these are people that when we hear their names, if you're familiar with the accounts of their lives, you think of them as people that God did big things with. I mean, you've got Noah who, 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 who does what? We'll see if y'all know. Yeah, Noah, Noah built the ark. Noah saved the animals, and, and Noah carried on humanity with his family. You've got Moses, who, who we know him for doing what? Part in the Red Sea, leaving, leading the Israelites out of the nation of Egypt. All of these big things. But what happens is we tend to gravitate towards those accounts, and we say, God, I want you to do big things in my life like you did big things in their life. And what we forget, though, is if you go back and you look at their lives, What mattered to God were the little things. It was the little things that they did consistently over and over. And those little things are big when it comes to God. And as as we've explored some of these people and we've walked through these little things that we see in their lives, there's a phrase that has come up over and over and over in this chapter. And it's two words. Does anybody know what that phrase is? Some of y'all said it. Say it again. By faith. Have some confidence, people. By faith. If you go back and you glance over Hebrews chapter 11, you see time and time again, it says, by faith, Abel did this. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Moses. By faith, all of these different people, you see that phrase. And sometimes as we're walking through this, we kind of, we kind of go real fast over that phrase because we think that's a little thing. But think about that for a second. Every person in this room has faith. Did you realize that? If you got up today and you put shoes on your feet, you had faith in the fact that those shoes were going to cover your feet or at least protect them in some way and they would stay on your feet all day by themselves. That was faith. When you lay down tonight and you put your head on that pillow, you have faith that that pillow is not going to cave in and suffocate you while you're sleeping. okay? Or that your bed's not going to collapse underneath you. You have faith when you do those little things. And, and, and sometimes it's because I think that we do things like that every single day. We put our faith in things. And those things come through for us that we don't tend to think about faith. Because it's just something that happens in the background and we think it's just such a small thing because, yeah, of course those things do what they're supposed to do until they don't. And you get in your car 
and you try to go to school and turn the key and the engine won't turn over. And the faith you had placed in that vehicle all of a sudden lets you down. And that's what happens time and again with things, but we don't think about it until it's a problem. Faith is a little thing in a lot of our lives. But here's the catch. If you go back and you read through Hebrews chapter 11, what you find out real quick is for every person in this chapter that God is talking about, that little thing of faith was big. It's that idea of faith that allowed God to work in their lives and that idea of faith that moved them to action. Now back in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, we actually got a definition of what God's view of faith is. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of not, things not seen. It talks about assurance and it talks about conviction. This is that, that settled confidence that we talked about, that unswerving confidence. In other words, you know God is who he says he is. You know God will do what he says he's going to do. That is how faith is defined here for these folks in the Old Testament. And that's how it's defined for us. That's why when it comes to this idea of faith, we think of it as a little thing. And yet with God, it's huge. Because when you have faith in God, you can act with conviction and assurance. That means you know that God is going to keep his word. God is going to do what God says he's going to do. God is who he says he is, and you can trust him. So when it comes to God, faith is a big thing. And tonight, as we finish up Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to see how God plays that out in the lives of a couple more people. So I'm going to ask you to do what I always ask you to do when we read a chunk of scripture. I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word and follow along with me. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can come together, God, and, and, and look at your word and understand who it is you've called each one of us to be, God, and help us as we walk through this tonight to understand how big faith is in our lives when it comes to you. Help us to understand that as we, as we walk out of here. Help us to live that out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So let's just step back through a couple of these verses. Hebrews eleven thirty two. Let me read that one again. And what more shall I say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets 
So up until this verse, we've seen eight different people listed out here in Hebrews chapter 11. And we've looked at those people. There's nothing special about those people. In fact, if you remember, as we've walked through the accounts of their lives, and if you've gone back and read a little bit more about their lives, these were messed up people. These were people that, that made mistakes on a regular basis, and yet we see that God used the little things in their lives to do big things because they were consistent in who God had called them to be. And right here at the end of the chapter, we get a whole other list, and it's interesting here because the people that are listed out in here, these are people that were judges that God appointed over Israel. These are people that were kings. These are people that were prophets. In fact, I want to give you the references where you can read about these people's lives. We're not going to go through all that because there's multiple chapters here. But, but Gideon, for instance, you can read about Gideon in Judges 6 through 8. That's chapters 6 through 8. Re- recap on Gideon. Gideon was called by God to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And Gideon had to lead his men to do that, lead the people to do that. And it got to the point where Gideon had to work on the walls. He had to hold a tool in one hand, and they had to hold a sword in the other hand because people were trying to stop them from doing what God had called them to do. And Scripture says, by faith, he did that. Barak, Judges chapters 4 and 5. This is where God used a woman, a a, a judge over Israel by the name of Deborah, to convince Barak that he's supposed to lead the Israelite people against an enemy army and defeat them. And he did that by faith. Samson, you read about him in Judges 13 through 16. He was a man, he actually was a part, uh, something on his life was called a Nazarite vow, which means he was dedicated to God from before he was born. And there was a certain way he was supposed to live his life. And Samson ignored every bit of that and honored himself. And yet, by the end of his life, God still used him to save the people of Israel from their enemies. Jephthah, Judges 11 and 12, and 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 11. Jephthah is a guy that led God's people to defeat a group called the Amorites. These were enemies of the nation of Israel. David, you guys have probably heard of King David before, right? Goliath, that kind of thing. Bathsheba, all of that stuff. You got good stuff and you got his mistakes. But David ends up being the king of Israel. And God uses him in a mighty way. And then Samuel, he was a prophet of God. That's in 1 Samuel and 1 Chronicles 6, 9, 11, 26. uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 35. He's a prophet that God used in big ways. You see, these are all individuals. and, And much like the other people that we've studied so far in this book, this list right here, they weren't perfect by any means. They made mistakes. They did stupid things by anybody's standards. And yet God still chose to use them because of the little things in their lives that were big for God. And see, what we need to understand here is every person listed out in this chapter, what they did, Scripture says they did by faith. They had faith in who God is. They had faith, and that faith moved them to do something. It moved them to action in their lives. And because they were willing to act on that faith, God worked in and through their lives. Some of them in ways that everybody saw. Some of them in ways that very few people saw. But God still did things. 
And that's the same thing that God calls us to do. In fact, in those next two verses, we see some of the things that they experience. It starts right there in verse 33. It says, Who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. I feel like that should be a movie trailer. Like that, you know, on movie trailers where you got that really deep voice guy and he starts, and I don't know if I can do it, but he does, he's like epic stuff. He's, and through faith they conquered freedom. Or what I say, I didn't even read that. Conquered kingdoms, enforced justice. All, I'm not even going to try because I do a miserable job of it. That sounds lame, doesn't it? I totally messed that up and ruined it. But that's the kind of stuff that we hear when we watch movie trailers. That's the kind of stuff that you hear that deep voice guy and you're like, oh yeah, that looks cool. I want to see that. But that's exactly what happened here in the Old Testament. That's exactly what God did through these people because of their faith. God worked in and through their lives, not because they were great. There was nothing special about them. But it's the fact that they had faith in a great God. God used them to overcome human enemies, people that were intent on destroying the people of God. God used them. We even see that it talks about how they overcame nature, how they, they, you know, they, they shut off the, the, stopped the mouths of lion, quenched the power of fire. And it's no surprise because God has control over everything. But God is doing that through their lives because they had faith. And it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 35. It says, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Now, it's, it's kind of cool here. Some of these people actually had the opportunity, the privilege of seeing God conquer death itself. I mean, uh, imagine that. Imagine the joy and relief when someone that you loved has passed away and all of a sudden, God brings them back to life. I, I, I can't even imagine how that would feel. But that's what these people got to see. And, and look at the number of ways that God worked in their lives of all of these people that just had a little bit of faith. They were tortured, they were mocked, they were imprisoned, they were homeless, they were destitute. They, they stuff, suffered what we would consider to be horrific things. And it's all because they had faith in God. In fact, look at what verse 38 says. It says, of these people of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, the author of Hebrews here says that the world was not worthy of these people. Now, you need to understand, it's not because they were better than anybody else. If, if you go back and you read the accounts of these people that have listed out in this chapter, you've got murderers, you've got liars, you've got cowards, you've got adulterers, and the list goes on. That's who Hebrews chapter 11 is talking about. Yet God chose to work in and through their lives because of their faith. You see, the difference between their lives and people who aren't listed there is that they had a different perspective. Yes, 
Every one of us right now is concerned about what's happening right now. But these folks right here in the Old Testament, their focus was not only on the here and now, but their focus was also on the kingdom of God that was to come one day. They looked at life differently because they had faith in who God is and who God was. Everything we've read about here in Hebrews chapter 11, every situation, every person, all of it was possible because of a little thing called faith. That unswerving confidence that God is who he says he is, that God will do what he says he will do. All of those things that we've studied over the last six weeks, where it says, by faith, and we looked at Abel, and he, and he had the right heart to worship God. We learned about trusting in God by faith. We learned about being obedient to God, learning to wait on God, being willing to sacrifice what is keeping you from pursuing Christ. We learned about having the courage to follow God. Every one of those things is possible when you have faith. And the crazy thing is this. It doesn't have to be this huge, gigantic, earth-shattering faith in your life. I mean, you've probably seen or heard, maybe heard your family talk about people who just have just this incredible faith. Maybe you've known someone who's, who's gotten a terminal illness diagnosis like cancer or something, and you watch their life, and, and everything about their life, even though they're in pain, they're suffering, they're going through chemotherapy, all they're doing is saying how grateful they are to God and how thankful they are that even though they're going through this, that, that God has taken care of them. And we look at somebody like that and we think, man, I wish I had that kind of faith. And yet when you look at Scripture and, and you look at Christ's own words, He says you've got to have the faith of something as small as a mustard seed. And He can move mountains through that. Your faith doesn't have to be this big earth-shattering thing. It can be this little thing that Christ talked about. And that's huge to God. That's gigantic. And sometimes we forget about that. It goes on here and it says this in verse 39. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. It means they didn't get to see Christ. And then it goes on in verse 40. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Their hope was in the promises of the coming Messiah. None of those men and women got to see Jesus in the flesh. None of those men and women got to see Jesus crucified on the cross. They did not get to see the resurrected Jesus, yet it was their faith in the person and promise of Christ that they received their salvation from God. They hoped in what was coming. If you're sitting here tonight and you say you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Scripture says you're a disciple. You've got a different perspective than they do. You have the benefit of history. You have the benefit of reading God's Word and knowing that Jesus actually lived, that Jesus actually gave His life on a cross as a payment for your sin and my sin, that Jesus actually rose from the tomb and conquered death and conquered sin. And just like these folks that we've read about here, you can have that same perspective of, yes, we're worried about life right here and right now, but we're also looking for the time when we see Christ. 
knowing that God will keep his word, that one day Jesus is coming back and that he has already paid for our sins and we simply have to confess our sin to him and ask him to forgive us. And scripture says in that moment, he will do so. And you belong to him forever. So here's why this matters for us tonight. That phrase that we see over and over and over in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith. Could that, be, could that phrase be used by your life tonight? Could, could somebody look at you and see that your faith, by faith, it is moving you to action. It is causing you to do the things that you know will glorify God. Like we've talked about over the last six weeks, to sacrifice whatever it is that's keeping you from pursuing Christ. To be obedient to His Word every time you open it and you see, oh, wow, that's how I'm supposed to honor God with my life. To trust Him. Is it changing your heart so that whenever you have the opportunity to worship God, whether it's here with this group, whether it's across the street, or whether it's standing out in a parking lot and you feel called to worship God, are you ready to do that? Scripture tells us that God did all of those things and caused us to do all of those things by faith. Is your faith tonight moving you to act right now in your life so that you honor God with your words and with your thoughts and with your actions. If it is, that's awesome. Keep pursuing Christ. If it's not, why not? Scripture says your faith doesn't have to be this big. It says it has to be this big. And God can take that little thing and God can do things beyond our imagination. When it comes to God, the little things are big. And that's the life he calls every single one of us that are disciples of Jesus Christ to live. By faith. And you may be in here tonight and you struggle with those two words because You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. But you can do that tonight. You can start to see what that life looks like. You can know that you've been forgiven of your sin. You can see what love and grace and mercy looks like in your own life. It's simply saying, God, I'm a sinner and I can't fix myself, but I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I want to follow him with my life. Scripture says, in that moment when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you are saved. And now you have the opportunity to live a life by faith. And watch how God works as you learn to follow him. If you're here tonight and faith is a struggle for you, please know that God loves you no matter what. Please know that if you've got questions about God, if you've got doubts about God, if you're questioning the faith that you say you have, it's okay to question God. Because Scripture tells us that when we seek answers, when we seek truth, we will find it. And God will take that little bit of faith that you have 
And God will do incredible things. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your son, Jesus. God, we thank you that we can study your word and and see that we don't have to be perfect. We just have to pursue you. God, help each one of us in here to, to have even just that smallest bit of faith, God, because you can take that and you can work amazing things in our lives, God. You can do things that we would never have thought possible, even if the world never knows about any of it. God, I pray for anybody in here tonight that's struggling with faith. Maybe they've never put their faith in you. God, I pray that that if they're in here tonight and they've got questions, God, give them the courage to stand up when this music begins and, and come talk to their life group leader tonight one of the adults in this room, God. God, give him the courage to go home and say, Mom, Dad, I've got questions. God, I pray that in that searching, you will help them to find truth. And God, you will firm their faith. God, that you will solidify it in you so that they can hold on to you with everything they have. I pray that for every one of us in this room. Thank you for your son, Jesus, in this name.